Hello, it's Bria, Katie, and Lawton from the Office of Student Life and Leadership. Welcome to another episode of Heal Talks. This podcast is dedicated to providing you with leadership development and civic engagement content through honest conversations and storytelling from UNC students, staff, faculty, and community members. We believe that leadership is a learned process, so thank you for taking the time to learn with us. With that being said, let's get into the episode. Welcome, Dr. Johnson. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We are very excited to have you here and introduce you to many of our listeners who may not be acquainted with you yet and what you do. We are very grateful and excited to have you. Thank you. I'm so pleased to be here. I'm on day 29 of my new role. So this is definitely a highlight of my first month. Thank you for having me. Yes, that's so amazing. Well, happy almost one month. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) So um, as a tradition of the podcast, one thing we like to always ask our guests kicking off is what does leadership mean to you? I appreciate the question. Leadership is something that's critical to my role and that I uh, study personally and professionally. So I I like to have an opportunity to talk about it. I am an educator by background and training. And so I tend to come at the topic of leadership from that lens and approach it in a similar way to the learning and developmental approach that I adopt with students, which is multifaceted. Uh, From a leadership perspective, I'm interested in empowering the folks with whom I worked to see themselves as agents of their own success uh, in terms of fulfilling the institutional mission, in terms of achieving our divisional and departmental goals, and also then in terms of fulfilling their personal and professional objectives. I think leadership also focuses, uh, from my perspective, in terms of how we ensure that students and colleagues have the tools to achieve those goals and to navigate change in particular, which is something that is just a a hallmark of a higher education experience these days. And then lastly, I'm also interested from a leadership lens in terms of how we facilitate a culture of care and respect um, in that process. So that's sort of how I think about leadership and what it means to me personally and professionally. Wonderful. And in your introduction, of course, you mentioned how you work within student affairs. So if you don't mind telling our listeners what student affairs is and what your role within it entails. Sure. So as a rule, the field of student affairs uh, and the the division of student affairs in a higher education environment is typically responsible for the units and the resources that facilitate student learning outside the classroom and those that foster retention, access, and success. So I'm responsible for working with all of those teams uh, and colleagues across the campus to ensure that we work both inside the division and then in partnership with others uh, and that the resources that we develop to facilitate student learning and success are responsive to student needs. So it's a, it's a big portfolio. It's one that doesn't look the same at every college and university, uh, but ultimately is uh, particularly focused on student learning and development and in particular partnerships with lots of folks across campus. Wow. I know one question that I always get is a lot of students want to know what at Carolina falls under student affairs. And I'm always like, well, that's the union and that's campus rec sometimes and that's all this other stuff. So it definitely is a broad spectrum. But um, if you don't mind, could you highlight maybe two or three things that might fall under student affairs that students might not recognize? 
Oh, two or three things that folks might not recognize. Uh, I, campus health is a key component of our student affairs team. Carolina housing is a key component of our student affairs team. Uh, obviously, the ones that you already referenced, Carolina Union and all of our student clubs and organizations and our fraternity and sorority life, also an important facet. But we have a wide array of departments. And so don't make me name them all because invariably I'll forget somebody and then I'll be in trouble. <laughs> but you listed a, a number of important ones and then there are a few others uh, thrown in there uh, just to share a perspective. But I can also be sure to give you the full list so that you can reflect it in the podcast if you choose to. <laughs> Most definitely. We'll probably make an infographic to go with it to be like, that did you like know? <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, so could you tell us about your journey through student affairs and what that's been like, whether that was you started out in undergrad and just knew student affairs was for you or if you found it later on in your career? Yes, yeah, so uh, I, I was, uh, as you were remarking, I wish that I had uh, had the foresight uh, to think through my exactly what I want to do with the rest of my life as an undergrad. I was not one of those folks, although I did have an, have an idea. <laughs> so, but uh, unlike many fields, I think the folks journey into student affairs can take many paths. And increasingly, I think that is that diversity and that uh, sort of multifaceted approach is one of the things that's a real strength of our field. I was actively involved in student life as an undergraduate. I was an orientation advisor. I was involved in student government. I was a tour guide. I was a teaching assistant. So I had a number of different ways in which I was connected to student life um, and uh, the, the academic affairs field as well. But I left college thinking that at that time I wanted to become a professor. I will admit that I was a double major in English and communication at that time, and both of my disciplines were encouraging me to get a PhD in that particular field, and I felt like I was having to choose um, between two things that I loved an awful lot, and both of them were encouraging me to go with one and not the other, and I wasn't ready to make that call, and I also felt as though I needed a little bit of break from school. Uh, so I left uh, and gave myself five years to get back into graduate school, and I went to work in social and Health services for the Washington state government, uh, where I had, I was very fortunate in that I was able to have some success there and to advance pretty quickly uh, in my five years. But most importantly, I learned that I had a real love for policy and rulemaking and some other administrative processes, which a lot of people don't love, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> and uh, through that experience, then I went back and talked to a number of my mentors who in college, my advisors and uh, the people with whom I had worked closely and said, you know, uh, this is this has created a conundrum for me. How do I sort of merge this focus uh, that I thought I had in terms of a desire to be a faculty member with these other things that I really have come to love and don't want to lose either. And through those conversations with my mentors, I hit upon student affairs as a way to uh, potentially combine my love of teaching with policy and practice. And I have had the good fortune now to have since that time and the time that I spent in graduate school to work for and teach in a, an array of different types of university environments from top tier research schools to regional comprehensives, both public and private. And I have found a way, I think, to combine all of that experience now and put it to good use working here at Carolina with fantastic colleagues and in supporting and educating some extraordinary students. So I'm very pleased to be here. 
Wow, that's, I love how you started out saying that no journey is linear, because I feel like that's very short-sighted for a lot of undergrad students that we don't talk about often, is that there is no one path to whatever your future is, so thank you for highlighting that and (laughs) emulating that in your journey. I'm happy to do it. I think you hit a really important point is that, and I have to say, I think socially and culturally, we do this, you know, Uh, you and I were just discussing when you're a senior, everybody's favorite game is, so what are you planning to do with the rest of your life? And there's a lot of pressure to come up with this really good and succinct answer. But the reality is, particularly for those of us who have been working for some time now, know that your career and your path will probably take a number of different avenues. And some are happy accidents and some are very much planned. But to, you know, to prepare yourself and to think about yourself becoming um, sort of well-versed to do an array of different things is really, I think, a responsible and uh, an empowering way to sort of think about what you study in school and what you want to do after. So across your journey, what are one or two things that you've learned about leading others in the realm of student affairs or just in general? I think one of the key things that I have learned and really come to appreciate uh, is sort of a balance in my role that while policy really requires a pretty global and universal lens and view, leadership, in my opinion, requires an understanding of the very human and individuated work of supporting and motivating people individually and collectively. And uh, that that sometimes can be messy and time consuming and challenging, but at the end of it, uh, it's, a, it's a really wonderful and powerful experience, I think, when you do it right. So I think that's the thing that has been the, the biggest sort of learning moment for me. Well, you transitioned perfectly into my next question for you, bringing up motivating and catering to the collective as well as the individual. And you've mentioned how student affairs is a partnership amongst multiple different departments, multiple different colleagues. But now I want to touch on how important is the working relationship between students and your position to the success of student affairs? It's absolutely critical to what I do. I cannot, you cannot be an effective student affairs practitioner uh, and leader without working directly and closely with students in all different ways. Uh, It is one of the reasons particularly why I stress the value and the need for my dual role as both a practitioner and and an educator or a faculty member, which is a, a uh, sort of two hats that I have long worn in my career, and I think that both uh, inform one another. I work with students of all types in my job, from a student who reaches out to me because uh, they are experiencing a, a financial aid uh, issue that they can't solve, uh, or a housing matter that they need some assistance with, to a student who is experiencing a very serious health issue, uh, or to a student uh, government leader. For example, I work with all manner of student leaders in my role as well, but I particularly rely on my time teaching students um, both to understand and to directly support their learning and how we can find ways to connect what they do in the classroom with their experience outside the classroom. So that connection to students uh, through a variety of different sort of relationships is extremely important. 
So do you currently teach here at Carolina? I am not teaching right now, Carolina. As I mentioned to you, I am just starting. Uh, and so we're talking about the potential for that. But I have long had uh, during my time, starting during my time at the University of Pennsylvania, through uh, my time at the University of Southern California, where I had a joint appointment uh, in the Rossier School of Education and, uh, and then also in student affairs, up to my time at Eastern Washington University. Unfortunately, they don't have a higher ed program at EWU, but I continue to teach um, doctoral students in a distance learning program uh, for USC. As a matter of fact, my, my last course that I finished teaching was just wrapping up this spring. So I've come hot off the heels of, of doing that. So it's a, it, it's a really important part of my work and a part of my, and informs my um, practice on the student affairs sort of leadership side. Well, everyone be on the lookout for a class with Dr. Johnson. <laughs> that would be great. I look forward to it. I, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so as we, you know, wrap it up and get ready to close it out, our last question, I think, um, really kind of touches on a reflective piece, a culmination of where you are now and what you've come across. But what is one of your biggest achievements as a leader? This is always a hard question for me to answer um, because I think that major accomplishments are often best addressed by impact, which involves the, use of the views of others and can be context specific. So I can tell you that I'm proud of many things in my career uh, from the Campus Express at Penn program that we created there, which still exists today, to reshaping our orientation programs at UNC and forming a, a new and highly successful team there that didn't exist before I arrived to creating and launching the first multicultural center at Eastern Washington University, um, all of which I should be clear to say, involved the partnership of many, many colleagues and students um, at those campuses. So I'm, I'm very proud of things at each uh, institution that we have done. But I have to say, the thing that I think uh, makes me proudest is to reflect back on the wonderful and really diverse set of colleagues that I have hired and supported and mentored over the years, as well as student leaders and staff um, who have gone on to great personal and professional success. So many of those folks remain in contact with me and have gone on to become leaders and mentors in their own right. And it's incredible to be a part of a community like that and to be able to celebrate all of their accomplishments. So I have to say, in terms of the things that I'm proudest of, it's the relationship that I have developed uh, and the fact that I continue uh, that contact and I'm again able to celebrate their successes with them. Wow. I think that's just a, a beautiful way to end it. Oh. I think that's a beautiful way to look at achievements. Um, I'm very similar. I like to look at what I'm proudest of based on impact and how it uh, reaches other people. But I love that piece about relationship building. Oh, that just touched my heart. I'm a relationship builder. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I mean, it's a, it's a critical facet of leadership. So uh, as somebody who I sense is going to go off and be a leader in your own right, um, I think that will serve you well. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We were so grateful to have you. We really appreciate it. I am glad to have this opportunity and uh, I'll come back anytime. Wonderful. Well, listeners, Dr. Johnson here in student affairs, there for you, there for us. 
hopefully she'll teach a class in the future and we can see her in the classroom, but thank you so much. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks again for having me. Check back in with us next time for more leadership conversations with our engaging and inspiring guests. Be sure to like, comment, and share Hill Talks wherever you are listening. We will catch you next time. Peace.